0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Um, it's been a great time. Uh, we have the wonderful Mister Wonderful, Mister No, not Mister Wonderful. Yeah. The name's Mister Disruptor. How about that? That's cool, Mister Disruptor. <laughs> uh, the Derek Lala Is that yeah? yeah right? pretty
1: good. I, I actually appreciate it if you mispronounce it. Yeah, how has it yeah. been, Lala Broden or uh, Lala Birdie? Is how you. Okay. how you pronounce it, but there's definitely different variations of it. Lala Broughton. Lala Broughton. Lala Broughton. So yeah, nobody gets that, but I uh Neil Broughton is my favorite hockey player of all time. So oh yeah, played yeah. for the nineteen eighty US Olympic team, played for the Minnesota Gophers, and then played for the Minnesota North Stars. Uh it's like you
0: care about Minnesota
1: or I, something? Well I'm from Minnesota. But okay. a huge hockey fan growing up, want to be a North Star. But we my last name being Lala Bertie in a Hockey tournament when I was a kid. You could hear the announcers struggling with my last name as really? they were putting the, the the medals over our head for probably second place. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you could hear him just kind of put his hand over the over his face and be like, "I don't, I don't know how to pronounce this one." And then he said, "Lala Broughton," and uh, a few people have called me that. That's great throughout the co- course of my life. So I made my social handle like Lala Broughton on everything. So
0: oh, that's how you pronounce that on your social. Yeah. I always thought it was like Lala Broton, like I'm a bro, you know?
1: Yeah, no, 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 bro. That's funny. broton. That's great, dude. So, uh,
0: so let's, I kind of want to start there because a lot of people see you on LinkedIn. A lot of people see you on the social media. Um, some, I'm assuming a lot of people at this point know you're not from Fort Wayne, uh, know you're from Minnesota, but kind of who are you and where'd you come from, man? Like, I don't, I don't need to know your birth story. No, no, that's okay. That's
1: okay. I'll, I'll make it quick. I, uh, Grew up in Minnesota, obviously, and then yeah. uh, thought I was going to be a hockey player. It turns out I was much better at soccer, which is why I came to Fort Wayne. So really? uh, I played for, then it was IPFW, when IPFW was Division Two. So it was a Dude. long time ago. Yeah. How old are you now? Word, I'm t- well, I turned 40 in six weeks. What? Five weeks or something, yeah. Dang. So it was, it'll be 20 years this August since I've been to Fort Wayne. And I live in Columbia City, a town just west of here. Okay. Uh, with my wife met my wife uh, while I was going to school Uh, she wasn't going to school um, at IPFW but uh, you know I met her and and she's just homegrown Columbia City Whitley Miss Whitley County she's really she actual title well she was a 4-H queen and I you know just fell in love with that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I've I've, uh, stuck around Stuck around? Why? What made? Other
0: than obviously meeting your wife. Like... Oh yeah,
1: my wife has a you know an, an incredible family. Everybody's really close, and you know she uh, she loves it here, and yeah. I wouldn't take her away from that. And I I'm fine. I can adapt. So.
0: Do you ever miss Minnesota?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What? Definitely.
0: Just friends, family, culture. I mean, it's probably probably well, way more cold there, right?
1: Yeah, but it's consistently cold, so I uh, definitely miss like doing things outdoors, for sure. Okay. Um, ice fishing is actually an in, in, in incredible time. Is,
0: this is that thing, like you go out, you drill a hole, yeah, you drill and then a hole you camp the in the mm-hmm. miserable blizzard.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely not what I think... Many people think you're you typically sit in a shanty, probably the size of this room. Oh, you know, sometimes there's a TV or a stove or you know, like some you know, a few cots or a bed, and you you sit in there and you fish. So it's almost like a tailgate, but you add it, it, fishing. A great description. You add fishing, and uh, you know, aside from wanting to be a hockey player or you know, a soccer player, I think my true craft was you know, a fisherman for a long time, really. Oh, so, yeah. And I don't say that jokingly. I mean I I felt like I was very good at it. <laughs>
0: you were gonna be on the, what pro Bassmaster and yeah, some pro, TV show. Probably not probably, no. not. probably not. Uh so you seem to love sports quite a bit. You played in college, but was there just something that attracted you to that? The drive, the competition?
1: Definitely the competition. Hate to lose, hate, hate to lose.
0: A lot of people are you, are you more of a like to win or hate to or hate to hate lose. lose? Hate
1: to, cannot stand losing. Yeah. 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 And that drives you to win. Right, right. It's just uh that's a, one of the things I asked when I would interview salespeople is that question specifically because really? I wanted them to tell me that they hate to lose because I knew if they hated to lose that they would do everything it takes to win. So, and so you fell in love with sports played for a long time. Yeah. I just, I always loved the the competition. You know, I grew up in a, in a cul-de-sac in Minnesota and, uh, in you know, a bunch of townhomes mm-hmm. as you would mm-hmm. call them. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's like ten of us, and we just would, you know, shoot hoops, play hockey on the pond, or, mm. um, you know, whatever. And it was just, I don't know, it's just how it was. And Minnesota's a great, um, you know, market for sports. They got the Timberwolves, they got the Gophers, they got the Minnesota Wild. When I was a kid, it was the North Stars. Obviously, they have mm-hmm. the Vikings and the mm-hmm. and the Twinkies. So yeah. <laughs> the Twinkies, yeah, twins.
0: Uh So sports carried over. You came, you played at IPFW. You played soccer of all things. Yeah, did you play all four years?
1: I played two years at a junior college in Minnesota because I was dumb. So, right. I, I wouldn't say dumb, but I it was like a 2.5 kind of student. Okay. You know, like I was really there for the party. So I knew like I'll go to this junior college, um, yeah. which was a great experience. Actually, probably the best decision I've ever made outside of marrying my wife. But... Uh, you know, met some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life there. But the idea was to go play right away. I didn't want to sit the bench. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand sitting on the bench. So no. I'll go play for a couple of years, and then I'll move on to a bigger school. And at that point, uh, my sophomore year, you know, things sort of got real. I had a very good season and mm-hmm. uh, won some pretty good awards. And then... Uh, Wanted to play at a Division two school that was very highly ranked to get an opportunity to go play like in a national championship. And IPFW people don't know this, but they just came off a season where they went to like the Sweet Sixteen in the national tournament this year, twenty nineteen. No, this was this oh back is, in year your... back in the okay, day. Okay. So. I had wrote letters to like the top 25 division two schools. I mean, I wanted to be a contributor on a top division two program. I mean, at that point I, I wasn't going in the MLS. Right. But, but
0: you still wanted to have
1: that competitive drive. At yeah. The, and I wanted to, I wanted to contribute. Yeah. I had a great couple of seasons in junior college. We were, we were ranked and it was good. Good. So, so yeah.
0: you came here, finished out your soccer career. And then, then what man?
1: Well, I wanted to get married. Definitely. Right. I just wanted to start a family. You I love the idea of the, of the family. And, um, Really? Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely and and uh, Were you, did you always grow
0: up liking that <clears throat> idea? Like you're that kid that I, I want to have family.
1: Well, I don't know if you know much about my story, but you know, like uh, uh, my father was killed when I was young, but I always sort of wanted to be what I never had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, for for my kids, and you know, I, I definitely wanted, I wanted a family. I, I wanted to marry Amy and. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really wanted to marry Amy, so I knew I just needed to get a job. Yeah, That was it. Like, I didn't even care where. Just give me a salary, give me insurance, (laughs) and I'm going to – we're getting married. Yeah. So that happened. So your dad died when you were a kid? Yeah, dad died when I was real young, yeah. yeah, And that obviously impacted a lot. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it definitely was the, uh, you know, sort of the motivation uh, behind, like, wanting to to have that family unit. unit, Definitely. Do you think not – how old were you when he passed? Eight. 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 So
0: a yeah. lot, of, lot of formative years, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Do you ever now think like, man, I, I don't have anything to look at or I never had a you know, a family unit the way that I'm trying to do it uh, now, so it's kind of just flying by the seat of your pants? Or?
1: It, interesting that you say that. I, uh, um, a friend of mine, uh, actually TK, so okay. the owner of Aptera, told me a story about a buddy who said uh, he was inexperienced as a dad. Because his father was um, wasn't around, so his, mm. the story is like his daughter saying, "Dad, you can't do that," and he goes, "Well, I don't know, I can't do that. My dad was only alive till I was ten, and mm-hmm. you're twelve, so I'll, literally we're in uncharted territories. <laughs> right. So that's that's uh, definitely how I feel every single day with a ten and twelve year old. Like you know, I don't have any, I don't have any experience, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Does that freak you out? No, I love it. I love why? It. Why do you like it? it? Is just, I mean, you don't
0: really have a chance to fail if you don't, you know."
1: You know, it's just people are like, you can't be friends with your kids. You got to be a parent to your kids. And I like being friends with my kids. I like being into what they're into. and um, Yeah, it's just cool. It's cool. My wife is really good at being a parent. So does that mean you're
0: not good at being a parent?
1: I mean, I feel like well, you guys she's are like, a good team, right? Well, yeah, yeah, She, but she's like, you know, we, we got to get him in bed. We got to make sure that we, you know. Oh, the rigid stuff. Yeah, like, like brush we, your teeth. and Yeah, like brush your teeth. We got to eat vegetables. Yeah. You know, we got to go to sleep early. We got to get to school. We got to do our homework right away. And I'm like, let's make a big bowl of popcorn and watch a watch an R-rated movie. Right, right. Uh, you know, or let's go do something crazy, like jump off a cliff into the river. Uh, you need that nice balance. Yeah, we know? got a good balance. We, we are, I guess that makes it makes us a good team definitely He's so dope,
0: man and so you got a jab, and somehow you wound up working and became the face of one of the larger companies here in town like what what's yeah, definitely on, not right? the intention
1: no uh, to become the face um uh, yeah i mean i just i i felt like this um shift if we're going to get into this this shift in shift. like how how you market yourself i saw gary vaynerchuk speak at a conference in 2016 and I'd been starting to have this this thought like mm-hmm. salespeople need to start acting more like marketers mm-hmm. and uh this personal brand idea this was like confirmational bias for me um and I stole that phrase from Brad Knoll if he's listening confirmational <laughs> bias is all you bud <laughs> but uh I just had this confirmational bias like I've already been thinking this now let's do it so you know when I was with uh that large company in fort wayne uh i just like had this team of guys like let's just put it out there constantly as if it's like we're selling a newspaper or a magazine to get more and more people to subscribe to the magazine Mm -hmm. we have to have more visibility so we got to create content we got to join the conversation start the conversation so did that ever
0: get annoying um whether you might hear comments of putting stuff out like oh man he's just self-centered or he's putting stuff out every day he's on camera every day just like seeing his face did you ever hear that
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There was a few people that, you know, I'd heard. Like mean, nobody would say that to you, right? I think, but you know, they would say it to their friends or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got some of that.
0: Did that bother you? Did that get in your psyche at all?
1: No, because, you know, I had created so many great connections and started so many good conversations. I mean, authenticity is like you know. You can look at anything I do. I tell you, I mean, I put my heart into it. It's not fake. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm really. Really walking the talk uh, as much as I can and being as authentic as I can. But, you know, as some of those people, one in particular, I knew was kind of trashing me behind my back. I just kind of reached out and was like, hey, man, if you ever need anything at all, just <laughs> let me know. Happy to help. Yeah. And funny, funny story is he was uh, let go from his job and then he had reached out and was like, hey, can you help me? <laughs> like, nice. Can you help me inter- introduce me to somebody? And I just was like, yeah, sure. Nice. So, no, it does bug, bug me. I get it people are human. I mean the, things are annoying. yeah I'm not trying to be annoying, but I, I, but I think I know what I'm doing. So. fair enough.
0: Uh, you said you're super authentic and you can kind of see that. I know you're an authentic dude. Where does that come from? I mean, some people say, oh, it comes from my father figure, obviously. different case here. like where did you develop your sense of authenticity?
1: Uh, well, I think it was this mentality like forever It was like you just have to be you have to be perfect. Have I mean, you ever heard anybody tell you, like, you know, you feel like you have to live life according to a set of rules, but you don't know who wrote those rules? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't at the time about Christ as much as it mm-hmm. is now, but uh, sorry, I'm like trying to lean in this microphone, but um, I think you really can pull your chair forward if it if it makes it more comfortable no, for you. No, we're, we're good, we're good, okay, I, we're good. Um, yeah, just. I had this sort of rock bottom moment in my life where uh i couldn't be like the perfect persona was exposed like i'm not perfect and it's Mm. you know like fell into it like i don't i don't know what to do i don't know i don't know how to be me anymore because everything that i've been trying to be is obviously not real i've been hiding it for such a long time Mm. this was 2014 and i I actually went to like a recovery group um Mm -hmm and learned a lot about myself. And what are you what was that rock bottom moment? Uh it was a alcoholism.
0: Really? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Is so it a constant struggle up until that 2014.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I mean it it's it varies for you know it's it's got a different definition for for every every single person, but for me uh you know, I poured my heart into that relationship and I didn't get anything back in return. So the alcohol relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing ever good. Nothing ever good happened as a result of that. As much as I aspired for something good to happen, it it just didn't. So, but it, it was like, oh, I'm this p- portraying myself to be this perfect person who's got it all together. But then I, you know, I'm a completely different person behind closed doors. Like it, it definitely wasn't authentic. And then throughout the course of this process, somebody once told me. I was about to give my testimony. Uh, so after a, a year in the program, and if you go through the 12 steps, mm-hmm. they ask you to give your testimony in front of the large group. And then, I mean, I, I'm not a get up in front of people type of person at this point. Okay. Like, unless we're cracking jokes or something. Right. Or I got a few beers in me. but Sure. So I'm more nervous than I've ever been. Plus, I'm about to tell 120 people like my story. So I was, this is a long answer. But no, I please. Uh, Somebody said, you know, you're going to put your story out there and then somebody's going to be sitting in the back of the room and they're going to come up to you and they're going to want to tell you their story mm. privately because they're too afraid to to tell other people. He said, at that point in time, you'll realize why you did that. He said, this other point will be when you do this, when you tell somebody your story and you, you, you expose yourself, right? You really don't have anything else to worry about. Mm. It's like I tell people... It's like the end of Eight Mile, where Eminem like tells, wraps all of his problems so the other guy can't say anything. Yeah. That's what it's like. Really? You tell everybody your problems, right? You're not doing it to get attention. You're telling them. So it's like, you can't say anything that's going to bother me. I already told you everything. Mm. And I think that's really where it comes from.
0: Interesting. It's insane, man. What, uh, one of the questions that I've written down, we're kind of going a couple different directions here.
1: Um, yeah, we're all over the place.
0: I love it though <laughs> dude this is the whole intent of this thing is just to be free flow free form conversation uh just as if you were I right, to be at the coffee shop or right on. hanging out you know having dinner um starving jeez <laughs> oatmeal is a uh, if I don't get my oatmeal in the morning I'm cranky uh, struggle with alcoholism mm-hmm. right what what was that journey like uh, for you I know you're talking about it was a low point of not knowing who you were or being honest with yourself as to who you were? Uh, is it a journey that you made alone? Is it a journey that definitely no. needed some help? Like, I mean, you just said yourself, there's probably people that might be listening. Sure, like, sure. What, so, what's that journey? Well... Uh, what opened your eyes that you needed to go down that road, down that journey?
1: I think it is a story about trust, really. Really? Um, and there's definitely a lot of people that... It's incredible how many people actually want to help and who want to listen. Mm. All you really have to do is open your eyes. Um, But, you know, I I attended this program and. What's the program? It's called Celebrate Recovery. Okay. Um, And, you know, the the trust part is is really right, centered around trusting God. So it's a really tough concept, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think as humans, we. Act like we're in control. We want to be in control of our life, you know. Like, mm. you know, you recently just went out on your own, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're oh, in I, control. It's your plan, right, bro?
0: We can talk all day. I, <laughs> I'm OCD. Like, there's some control freak issues for sure,
1: right? But at the end of the day, like, you you really don't have it, control. I mean, you you can do things. Um, you know, to, to better yourself. But I think like, you know, if something drastic happens that obviously it's out of your control. So Mm -hmm. trust for me was really broken down into like asking God what the plan is for my life and then shutting up long enough to actually listen. Would you say you believed in God pre this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just didn't put any stake in really what it meant. Fair enough. I mean, faith, is one thing Christianity is another thing. Okay, and religion's a whole separate topic. But uh, podcast part two, yeah, part definitely part two three nine. Uh, <laughs> but realizing like I'm, there's a strong possibility, that, like you know, like I said, I always wanted to have a family. I wanted mm-hmm. to be married. Like mm-hmm. that, that, I'm gonna get a divorce. Really? Right? I mean, I, I, uh, it was it was really bad. It was it was definitely bad and everything's relative right so my bad doesn't necessarily mean somebody else is bad right but uh you know god god what is the what is the plan for my life and instead of you know trying to control the situation and i don't i'm not trying to be too vague but like you're fine trying to get my wife to for you know forgive me and and Mm -hmm. trying to say i'm sorry and or 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 even better i promise i'm never going to drink again like that's pretty typical like i've met a lot of people in recovery who promised they're never going to drink again or promise they're never going to use again and that's a big time empty promise and it's mm. a like this time was different i i mean i just i didn't do that mm. i didn't say i'm, I'm going to quit i didn't say i promise i'm going to be better I, I basically just showed up to recovery and i listened and uh I put really my trust in God, like for the first time. Like I, I'm not in control, and and uh, you know you, you want God to reveal His plan. And I just came home from Celebrate Recovery one night. I heard um, a friend of mine, Clinton Foppel, was mm-hmm. the uh, guest speaker that night, and he had talked about uh, this concept of being convicted or being guilted. And I've said this several times, um, or written it in one of my blogs, but. Convicted essentially is is this commitment to going forward, like to not turning. It doesn't mean convicted like you're 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 you know you're you're in prison. It means like I'm convicted to 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 going through the process to fixing this. I'm committed. Hmm. Guilted is the the opposite to that, and that is I'm going to turn around and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. And he had give, given this talk and he asked us all the question: Are you convicted and are you guilted? Uh, or are you guilted? And I, I was really struggling at this point It's you know, a couple months in and my wife and I were really communicating the way that married couples communicate. It was like, I still don't know what's going to happen with my marriage. Wow. And I'd come, come home that night and I didn't, you know, I didn't promise anything. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't, um, uh, I didn't do the normal things I do. I mean, I was, I was a pro like, I got in trouble. I do something wrong. I'm gonna write like this five-page letter. We're gonna go to dinner. I'm gonna get flowers. Like I'm gonna. I got this. Yeah. I'm in control, right? And the problem is it just keeps happening. And um, I came home that night. And I'm emotional. Like I'm all I all I did was say, God, please tell me your plan. Like, hmm. and uh, I think that night God told me that His plan for me was was to be married to my wife. So because I came home and. She opened up to me for the first time and, you know, told me that she, she loved me and supports me and, um, has my back. And, um, uh, you talk about people in your life and I got a pretty incredible wife.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll say, yeah. I mean, um, I mean going through all of that and then out of nowhere, just to
1: say those words probably meant the world to you. Did I Mean I broke down? I was like, I felt like, I felt like I could do it. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And, uh, yeah, she's been there for me the whole time, the whole time. It's amazing, man. So, I mean, the next day there was like, uh, yeah, I've been sleeping in the basement basically, you know, like, no, uh, really up until then it was, it was, you know, like text messages and stuff. But the next day, like the fridge was full of club soda, dude, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be in the glass bottle. It's gotta have a ton of carbon. It's gotta burn, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was like lemons and limes and I was just like, I was just on fire. I was on fire and you know, celebrate recovery, um, is an incredible program. It helps so many people. There's 270,000 celebrate recoveries across the globe. 270,000 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, there's about 13. Okay. And the one at the church I go to, the chapel, uh, is about the largest celebrate recovery in the Midwest. Wow. I mean, it, it's up there. And, uh, there are so many, so many great people that that go through that program, and you know, I'm just, I'm just so thankful that I had that opportunity to, to go. I mean, I, I still, I still go. I mean, you still help out. I was the leader. I ended up being the leader of Celebrate Recovery at the Chapel for a couple of years. I'm not the leader anymore, but I still go every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think recovery doesn't end. Um, no, it's definitely a process. Yeah, just you don't just like graduate. So you don't walk, and then you're done. Put yeah, it's not, like, up on the wall. it's not like I did the 12 steps, you know, in a few months, and now I'm good. <laughs> it's a disease. I mean, you got you to... Gotta...
0: Do you still keep club soda in the fridge?
1: Yeah. Actually, I was... Like, when I drank, I was really trying to be healthy, so I worked out all the time and lifted all the time, and I didn't drink pop. Yeah. I d- used to drink pop. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I... Like, when I quit drinking after, like, a few months, I was like, I'm going to have a soda. Really, I don't even care, you know. Like, like my thing now is like I go to a party, I go to a bar, and everybody's drinking. I don't do that often, right? Mm-hmm. I, be- I never do that. But um, like a few days ago for work, this new job I'm at, like we had, mm-hmm. they went to happy hour. We were up in Minnesota. They ordered a bunch of food. It was like a bowling alley. It was a big company party. On a on a thing like that, I'll order a Coke. Yeah. Yeah, I might even order a dessert, right? What? What? Dessert got me through a lot of Dude, lot of nights. Dessert is dope. Dessert is—it's the new cocktail. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I—I'm uh, like, I started drink, drinking pop again, and I'm—I don't even care, like mm-hmm. Pepsi Max. It got me through some nights, man. It did.
0: <laughs> Can we get an endorsement deal from Pepsi over I here? I mean,
1: I don't know why they haven't offered it yet. I've done so many videos with a Pepsi Max really in front of me. Yeah, so Pepsi, like, that's that's it for me, you know?
0: So let me transition here. Um, Please. <laughs> celebrating recovery, and I think that's a huge thing for a lot of people that are listening. And uh, I know, so my dad went through alcoholism before uh, I got too old to really okay. recognize anything. Um, and he's since been recovered. Awesome. Uh, cool.
1: His dad. So he t- recovered in your, during your adolescence or way young, oh, way, way young, young ages. Way young. Okay. So I never even
0: knew it was a thing. Oh, wow. Uh, so props to him, props to mom. Yeah, for sure. Um, but coming out of that, I, it almost gives you like a renewed drive, a renewed spirit, uh, is what I've heard. Uh, would you say that was the case and that carried over into your professional career?
1: Yeah, I just, um, <laughs> there was a sign at church of all these professional athletes in one of the, uh, it was like big murals or whatever. And it's something mm-hmm. I always saw. This is before I quit drinking. And it was oddly enough, it was a big, big poster of a basketball player, Dwight Howard. Yeah, uh, who's, you know, obviously had his own, his own struggles himself, but he, uh, the quote was he just wanted the whole world to know that God is real. Mm. And that has always really stuck with me. So I, uh, you know, like you talk about renewed, a renewed spirit, or renewed mm-hmm. faith. I mean, my faith is definitely restored. And I just saw so many people come through that program that their life had changed. I mean, I, I, I got a great, great friend who I'm really close with who came in the same night as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, about as low as it can possibly get. And he is an incredible success now, six years later. Brilliant. And it's just, it's that kind of thing. Like, we put all of these things on a pedestal, right? We put our career, we put success, we put money, we put things that, don't get me wrong, they, they're they important, but at the end of the day, they don't really matter. Because I can tell you this much, when I was at my low, I didn't care about how much money I made. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about, you know, my shoes I or my car or, you know, like all I cared about was my family. That's it. That's the only thing that mattered. Um, so, you know, if I can be that for somebody or, or, or help inspire somebody to sort of see that, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I love that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, I don't
0: know. No, I think that's amazing. Um, we need, you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, and I think in a world right now where you can go on YouTube and Instagram and see all these success stories that are happening, you see somebody that's hustle, hustle, hustle. To have somebody that's like, hey, that's great, do it, but don't forget, you know, don't forget what's truly important in your life. Yeah. It, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Um, So you clearly have been an example for people uh, through and then thankfully had the support of other people in your own life. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> going over into your work life, would you say that you lead from a point of like, hey, I've been at my low? Like, what would you say your leadership style has been knowing where you've been, um, through alcoholism, being a family man, uh, career, knowing what's important, what's not important. How has that changed your leadership style at at the office?
1: Yeah. I'm a very passionate, very passionate person. So, you know, people say that you, whatever you're passionate about is your greatest strength, but it's probably also your, your greatest weakness. Mm. Um, so I'm passionate to a fault. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's my leadership. I, I I think that awareness is probably the greatest virtue that anybody can have in business or in life. Awareness of what? Self self awareness. Okay. So if we're in a conversation together, let's say we're in a sales conversation and I'm talking and you're clearly not listening. Mm. Many people don't really pick up on that. I've been in a million selling scenarios where it's like, hey, you should stop. He's not listening. She's not listening. I think there's a, an element of, of uh, self-awareness that is mm-hmm. um, it's is just so important. And that's, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I'm very aware of, you know, are people listening to me? As if they're not listening to me, I'm going to shut up. And I want to convey that, or at least, you know, you know, with with you know my guys that I um, managed or the people that I'm managing now is, is uh, mm-hmm. be a little bit more aware of what's going on. So that's that's a pretty good summary of how I how did you develop that awareness? Is it
0: just trial and error, like you screwed up a bunch of times and took note,
1: or? Well, I took it- a. I was a sales consultant for a long time. Yeah, not really a long time—about a year. But a lot can change in a year. Yeah, a lot definitely. So I actually went out um, in—I wouldn't say started a business, but joined a business as an associate partner. Yeah, the great guy in Fort Wayne, and then, but I'd taken this sales training methodology for the past—I mean, eight years, nine years—and a big part of that was centered around awareness. It's essentially Mm -hmm. along uh, along the lines of listening mm. you know shut up ask some great questions and shut up yeah <laughs> so i think that's where that really came from
0: and so you led um to keep going into your professional career here you led a team of four is that right four yep. tight-knit people yeah yeah um at a company here in town called aptera right right and you kind of became the face of that company was that what was what's life like what was that like was that enjoyable was it yeah. responsibility that was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this? Like,
1: You know, I, the, the face of the company thing is...
0: And I only say that from hearing or seeing social media. I mean, we obviously do research right. on everybody that comes in here. Sure. You know, you look up Baptera. whose face do you see all the
1: time? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I Sorry, I kind of cringe a little bit when I hear that because it was never my intent to be the face of the company. Mm-hmm. It was like... I just really wanted to have conversations with people that needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like back in the day, professionally speaking, the only way that you would, you know, meet somebody or get, get that opportunity is through like calling them on the phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward to, to now, look, why would you spend all day calling people, right? They have to make a decision to answer the phone, or be at their desk or be next to their phone. And that's just a really tiny aspect of how you get a hold of people. I mean, now it's it's, uh, it's social media. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you use it? I mean, you have a platform. Um, and if you can combine that with authenticity plus you know what you do and how you help, I mean, you have an incredible opportunity. And I just saw that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and especially after hearing Gary, I was like, we got to do this. We've got to do this side of it. Like I have this vision, let's do it. And then, you know, there's some great people at Aptera that supported that. So mm. um, it never was really meant to be the face. It was like, I, I consume media this way. Let's put media out that way because this is how people consume it. And it constantly changes. Did it work? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 What's your, what what would make you
0: say it works? Just business? Like, do you look at metrics when you do stuff like that? Yeah.
1: A ton of, ton of data. I mean, there's, there's uh, peaks and valleys for sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think when you combine it with a great marketing strategy and you're speaking the same language as your marketing Mm -hmm. or as the the vision of the company, you have a lot of success. But most importantly, the success is directly tied to to having something to offer. So, you know, in some cases, you know, if you're just reaching out to somebody to talk to them about a potential project, it's not going to be the greatest if you were to reach out to them and say, hey, we have something very, very specific because at least then you're adding value in a different way. Like come to this event, come to this seminar, or I want to talk to you specifically about this technology or Mm -hmm. this trend and I need your feedback on it, or I want you to attend a or I would invite you to be a guest on our podcast or on mm-hmm. our video. When you have something specific and you're speaking the same language as marketing, I think you're adding value on another level. And I think that's really where the success came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we didn't have success, it was you know based on the fact that we just we were just reaching out, just reaching, so just reaching out. Yeah. But it it was an incredible experience, and I have you know uh, tons of faith in in Aptera, and, and yeah. I, I know they'll do well, definitely. But
0: now, before we get into your transition away, a quick tidbit about your videos and doing them all the time—you did how many videos back to back to back?
1: Do you remember the number? Uh, how many days of recording? Oh, I—I I mean, I—we shot about a, I think about a hundred and fifty episodes of the show, um, and we we usually would do. It totally was all over the place. We would always have a set day to shoot right didn't always work i mean we're really smart uh demanded uh software developers that Mm -hmm. you know like who understand their priority like you you're working on a team you have a client you got to do that we're gonna have to reschedule um Mm -hmm. so we'd always have a set day to shoot and that didn't always work so some days we would some weeks we would shoot four videos five videos Mm -hmm. some weeks we wouldn't Mm -hmm. but when we stack videos like that we're able to spread them out yeah
0: so. Did you ever experience a level of burnout just doing that again and again and again?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one video series that, uh, you know, the, well, there was two video series. One was on a topic that we were really we were really beating pretty hard. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily the guy was doing the video with just an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, we keep talking about this. We're not getting a lot of results. Definitely not the results we want. Um, so that was hard because I, I you know sometimes it it kind of sucks mm-hmm. you know to have to do that, but it's it's really exhausting and discouraging to feel like nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about this feeling and you have that level of confidence It's just sort of depleted um, and then there's other times where it's like you're being you're you're being put in a situation and you don't want to have a script you really want to be just impromptu, mm-hmm. ad hoc and there was a, a video series where I felt like Every single thing that we said had to be so specific, and I just made me want to puke in my mouth. Really? Yeah. I just want to get up there and... Go? And just go. Let's, not a cards guy. Not yeah, a, yeah, just whole, like, you know, why do you do it that way? How do you do it that way? What does it mean? I'm just like, hey, tell me what's going on. Right. You know, let's talk about it. Right. And I think that was the part that appealed to people for sure. Nice. So... So
0: you, you've alluded a few times now, uh, you're no longer with Aptera, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, I think you can talk about a little bit, your transition away. Uh, what, what mm-hmm. drove that? I mean, you seem from all, all other angles looking out, obviously, you know, your life the best and your wife knows it second best. Um, <laughs> she knows it best. I'm she knows it best. best. <laughs> <laughs> um, you looked happy, man. Yeah. You looked like you were enjoying life there. So why, why leave a good thing?
1: Right. Well, there's a few components to that. Um, I never went looking for an opportunity. Um, I just had no reason to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but opportunity kind of finds you sometimes, and in this case, it did. And Joe Hoffman, the guy I'm working for now, I've known since I was. I mean, our our mothers are best friends. Really. So, you know, I've known Joe since uh, we went. I remember. Uh, going to his house all the time, he had this big boxer named Hercules, and <laughs> we would sleep over there. And now he's my boss. And he's like, a year younger than me, which is awesome. But uh, um, you know, we always kept in touch. And I had trained his, uh, some of the salespeople on how to make cold calls like five years, six years ago, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, he had reached out and said, Hey, I got this thing. And I'm like, No, nah, I'm not really interested. No, I'm not really interested. And then um, this past over the holidays, and he said, look, I know you're coming home for Christmas. Let's go to lunch. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's do that. Went yeah. to lunch, he presented this uh, this idea that he had. It was more than an idea, pretty flushed out. Because mm-hmm. he had me sign an NDA at lunch. I'm like, whoa. That's a big deal. Yeah, big deal. So uh, it was one of those things where it's like, man, if this isn't God's plan, why am I constantly thinking about this? And um, it's just one of those things where I kind of came to the realization, like, I should do that. That's the first part, right? Like, there's an opportunity. Second part is, uh, you know, like, I I hate saying this, but I think you and I are kind of going through the same thing, but it's like, I'm turning 40. Mm-hmm. all right and i know it's like every oh you're so young or oh you're old you know like it's this age thing but for me it's like i don't want to look at the next 10 years of my life and say that i didn't take a risk because mm-hmm. i feel like i'm in a good place to actually take one this time i mean i've learned a lot about the last risk i took um you know i left at Ap- i left at once before so. no really yeah, so I left. To Would be you take a, a say, risk and start like a multi level marketing or? No, no. Um, and I know some people in that industry, by the way, that are crushing it. it. But uh, the, um, yeah, I left once before and it was uh, like a buy in kind of thing. And it was, mm. you know, and it was, there was nothing wrong with it. I just wasn't ready for that in my life. And now I'm not buying in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm an employee, Yeah. and I learned a lot about that. But then I have, you know, some of the things I was able to do while I was on my own, uh, I can do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an opportunity to be sort of on the ground level of something really cool. I mean, I work for a construction company, right? This yeah. past week I was on top of a roof, a showroom roof. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> uh, inside, you know, putting, yeah. putting a roof on a house. Um, and that's totally, that's just, I am... I'm an idiot with a nail gun. I'm a Happy Gilmore. Like, yes, yeah. I'm gonna shoot you, Clark, <laughs> Clark Griswold. Yeah, it's this is bad. Uh, but uh, so it's totally foreign to me. But it's uh, the this this idea that we can create this technology side. Like we're doing this startup, and mm-hmm. it's based centered around a technology. It's gonna do something really really cool, and to be on the ground level for that, mm-hmm. man, I'm pumped. Yeah. I am pumped. I mean, I just we. I've been in a meeting with us. It's funny because I was worked for a software developer, did software a specific way. Um, I was never really involved in those meetings. Mm -hmm. Now I'm working for a company that's using a software provider, and I'm in those meetings, but I'm on the other side. Yeah. So it's just it's cool. I don't even remember the question. I'm just talking.
0: No, dude, I love it. It's great. Uh, So you're excited for this new venture? Did you? There's no. You said it a little bit here. um, Opportunity, kind of just. Fell in your lap like right. it's not like you went looking for anything. Yeah. It's not like you were dissatisfied. Like you, you, I mean TK called you right before this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah um, Still good great friends with TK and even Conrad. Um, yeah, you know, like Aptera will always have a, you know, really a, a place in my heart. I'm I, I love so many people there and I Think you get to a point in your career where and I, I said this before the podcast You're mm-hmm. you're either the company's either helping you grow Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're not, or you're helping the company grow, or you're not, and I think we were at this sort of like I gotta sort of reinvent yeah. myself to help to help the company and 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 I didn't I didn't feel like that was what I needed to do mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I like i I don't think i i think i could could help them grow more, but I felt like they're in really good hands. they got some good people over there the team is great, right all those guys are still crushing it, yeah. I always like those guys, so they're they're in really good hands. But that's one of the best ways to leave a company. I feel like is
0: you look at it, you know that the company is going to be good. You feel like you've done everything, and kind of like you and I have said, right? Uh, You got to have a sense of self awareness to bring it back, right? Yeah. Am I helping the company? Is the company helping me? Is this a mutual beneficial thing? Yeah. And
1: you got to be real with yourself. You definitely have to be real with yourself, and I, I don't think I could have done this at fifty. And maybe I can, I can't project that far out, but I'm thinking in my mind, like if there's a time to do it, it's, yeah. it's now. So I just
0: went for it. Can totally agree. Uh, one of my favorite phrases, uh, of 2019 that I just kept finding myself saying again and again and again and again, and then finally actually did it at the end of the year. Uh, just go for it. Like, I love it. You never know what's going to happen. Just, just go for it. it. Are you doing something stupid or like that you're going to clearly regret later? Yeah. Maybe don't go for it. But in general, man, you can just go for it and see what happens. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think the worst that I can happen is, is is a great point. Because when I'm 24 years old, I got fired from yeah. my first job. Remember, I said I want to start a family. I got yeah, fired yeah. like three months before I got married.
0: Your world comes crushing man. Oh, my
1: gosh. Like, I was devastated. I was just devastated. And it was a stupid thing. Um, but that was the biggest fear forever for me Mm -hmm. was just losing my job you can't provide for your family that you want yeah and so up until you know 35 i'm super afraid of losing my job Mm -hmm. and it's definitely the record playing in my head of losing my job when i was 24 it's like that can't happen again but now I, i don't know how this sounds right i guess i don't care i i don't I do not worry about that.
0: You know, it's interesting. Once you start not start or once you start not worrying or stop worrying, like you somehow do better, right? Uh, my wife and I talk about it a little bit and uh, we we kind of joke. It's like we tend to do better at things when we care less. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say there?
1: Right, it's not like you care less right. about what you're doing but you don't care so much about the consequences
0: absolutely that's the best way
1: it's like you just go for it you give it your all and then right let the cards fall right yeah I always tell you know a lot of people that I encounter and it's like you're gonna you're an employable person yeah you just gotta you, if that happens just put yourself out there and, you know like I I, I often say that, you know, I joke like I'm going to find a job in a day. That doesn't mean I'm going to go find my dream job, but like No, you can find a job in a day. Perspective is huge. Like if I really need a job, I'm going to stop at McDonald's on the way home and be like, "I got to I got to get a check. A right. check's got to come in." So, yeah. I'm going to like you got to Menard- have that sort of mentality. Like Lowe's and Menards is hiring right now. Just go get a job. Yeah. And then find the job while you got a job. Like right. get something. Right. And I've always, I've always been like that, but I've, I haven't put it into that perspective. You know, I got fired when I was 24. I, I had a job that paid me straight cash, and I was like at working at like a printing shop mm-hmm. in between jobs. And it's like I never took that seriously, but I could have ended up working there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was always this fear, and I just don't have that fear anymore. If you fire me, I'm going to go find a job.
0: Fear is such a limiting
1: factor. Fear is stupid. It's false. Why is it false? Because you're afraid of the dark, but when you turn on the lights... You know you're not afraid anymore, right fear is so you just just fear's a liar. your best advice for fear is just turn on the dang lights,
0: just turn on the lights, man. It's false.
1: I love it. fear like you know like people fear um uh, sorry, no, please, people fear what people fear God, yeah, God fearing people, and people often mistake what that actually means because mm. fear, according to biblical terms, is uh to stand in awe of God, mm. It means to 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 sort of rejoice at his magical powers,
0: right? Almost like meeting your, like uh, if you were to meet LeBron James or like a professional athlete as a kid, like you'd, the same.
1: You'd be in awe of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I, I definitely fear God, but it's more of an awe of God. Like, I sure. don't think that God is going to, you know.
0: So I, f- I feel like this is a perfect yeah. transition point here. You just released a video kind of tying these two together, fear and God, um, on some level. Right. Well, I uh, did what, what, I did a
1: fear-only God video back in November, December.
0: Yeah, but that that's not necessarily the route that I'm thinking here. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking... You release a video called Jesus for President. Yeah. Um, Pretty provocative title with everything going on right now. Right. Uh, We're in the middle of impeachment processes. Unbelievable. Whole slew of things Mm -hmm. in the political scene. Sure. So Jesus for President.
1: Is there an element of fear of I put this out with this title? No. In fact, I put it out for my side gig page as well. Really? And uh, which is. Disruptor. Yeah, uh, I like <laughs> the hatchet on the side, by the way. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. Uh, I made that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there an element of fear in putting something out like this? I mean, you're this whole time you're unashamed, talk about anything.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, the whole premise for that video. I, I mean, I, that video. I I have a lot of like scripts that I've written mm-hmm. that just sit never note and do nothing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of blogs that I used to write, they're still in there that I never did anything with. Um, I don't want to be a complainer. That's not the intent. But this idea that we have to pick a side, like I'm uh, on the left because of these things or I'm on the right because of these things. But there's also things on the left and the right that I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't do any good to jump on social media or to get in an argument with somebody just for the sake of getting in an argument, you know, like we can sit here, you and I can sit here and argue all day about gun control or all day about abortion. But are you and I going to change what happens with that?
2: Well, no. It's up to
1: you. It's up to you to get involved. If you really want to change yeah, it, if you, if you really want to change it, you got to get, you definitely got to get involved. So there's the, it's, it's just a diatribe that which I explained in the video. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm tired of, uh, just tired of the way that we treat each other. And, you know, somebody threw a comment out there. Um, it's like, you know, I don't think that, uh, I think if you made Jesus for president, I think he'd probably get more flack than anybody else. And I, my response was, well, Jesus is probably the one guy that can handle it. <laughs> uh, and obviously, Jesus for president is just a metaphor, but the right. idea behind it is like, you, know, you and I are neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. So if we jump on social, we get in an argument. We might be giving each other the finger. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the next day um, I might help you with some yard work. Mm. It's like we're two totally different people online, but yet we have to interact with each other. It's like, the you know, the impeachment process. Like mm. people are throwing stones and, at each other and you're just ready to slit your throat. And then afterwards it's like, you want to get some dinner? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like mm. just fix it. How hard can it be? It's just this big bureaucracy of we can't do things a certain way because it's there's all these all this red tape. It's just just go fix it. I mean, how hard I mean, how hard can it be? And to me it's just to keep my eyes focused on the one thing that I think really matters. And to me it's my faith. So fair enough. Fair enough. Super d- passionate. Well, I mean, you can tell in the video, you're pretty stinking passionate about it. All right.
0: So I want to ask you, I got to pull up my notes here so I don't screw it up. It's nothing bad, I promise you. I'm at this point, I'm all in. You're always all in, right? (laughs) Um, So with this video, you uh, in particular, I just want to quote a post that you put out. Not in a bad way. I think it's awesome. I love it. I thought it was a great video. Super encouraging. Um, I wish more people in this world dare I say in this neighborhood in particular, uh, could do what you're saying. Um, but at the end of one of your posts, uh, when you were promoting the video, you said, you know, I can't wait to show you all the video. I mean, seriously, we're not even to Iowa yet and it's already out of hand. I think this video, this is the video I would make if I were
1: say to run for mayor someday, wink, wink. Is, is this a hint? At- well, I live in Columbia City, so I'm not going to be running against Tom Henry, No, I think he's doing a great job, no. um, and uh, I can't run for mayor because I don't live in the city limits. Would you move to the city limits to run In for mayor? Columbia City, yes, I would. You would run for mayor in Columbia City? I would run for mayor in Columbia City, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Big deal, man. There was this debate over what to do with the old high school, so if you're familiar with Columbia City, they just passed a referendum a few years ago to build a new high school. It's the first time that they've done anything in like 70 years or something like this. And it mm-hmm. failed several times. And I was really passionate because I got two kids and it's like this school floods. It closes because of it floods. It's terrible. And this argument over paying 12 extra dollars a year to build a state-of-the-art high school that people can be proud of. And people are very, very proud in mm-hmm. Columbia City. It's I mean, I, I love living in Columbia City and I love the people there. hmm but this idea that building a new high school is a bad thing, it just drove me insane. I mean, talk about passion. I was like, give me a sign, I'm gonna go pick it with the people. And <laughs> it did. Yeah. Like, um but you know, like you don't want to spend an extra thirty dollars a year whatever I mean, it's so small. Right. It's trivial. It, yeah. For seventy five million dollar high school, a couple mean, of Starbucks, right? I think I think it's I think our taxes went up fifty six bucks a year. And then once the middle school expense like is paid off it drops back to like essentially what we're paying now i mean it's it's anyways so this like i was passionate about it then and and then i started coaching a a travel soccer team so my daughter loves soccer and Mm -hmm. uh, i played soccer but i coached at the y uh every sport you can think of probably 15 times uh baseball or not baseball basketball and football i still coach youth football and i never played that's um, so great. I'm, so I'm involved. You
0: don't take any place from the Vikings, do you? <laughs>
1: hey. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I mean, you could go for Pitt State, but just saying. Gophers beat Penn State this year. Yeah, but we beat, uh, who do we, wait, wait, what was that game? Michigan. We beat Michigan. Good. Good. Yeah.
1: Wait, did you beat Michigan? Yes, yeah, you did. It was you the did. White Owl game. I was there.
0: You were? Yeah, dude. It was uh, great. Awesome. awesome. All right. Sorry. Sidetrack there.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this idea of the high school kind of got me yeah yeah I just I'm in, I'm involved and I'm right. definitely involved in the community um served in the community serve in the community uh know a lot of the kids in the community and care about them and um then the idea of what to do with the high school now that mm-hmm. the new one's going to be live next year it opens uh it actually opens this year cool so what to do with the existing grounds so I sat on a call yeah. and and heard and um I got kind of fired up about potentially what they could do. I'm like, yeah. why, why, well, why are you doing like, whoa, whoa. I feel like we should maybe step in here. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm definitely a little bit more talk in that arena than, than I am actually action. But uh, then this idea that they were going to turn the one existing soccer field into something that, in my opinion, didn't make sense. I just felt like, where, what, I'm getting involved now, <laughs> to so, disrupt this thing. I'm gonna just so yeah, just wink wink. If they change the rule, I'd run in a second. It wouldn't yeah. even take a sec. Yeah, run. Heck yeah, I'd run. Yeah. I would run in a minute. You think you'd get support? I don't know. Do you care? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to definitely that. put out Jesus for president videos as my campaign. Really? Heck Heck there yeah. you go, man. Heck yeah. You Do can't think differently. I love it. I think it's cool to be me so yeah it, it, yeah i put it out there i've had obviously a lot of people i put a post out there a couple months ago um about running for mayor and had a lot of people like oh yeah let's do it <laughs> like uh yeah well, my i have some my, my wife's family is pretty involved and some of them work in the, for the city and it mm-hmm. said well you got to live in the city limits and i was like well i guess i'll just go buy an apartment there you go you can so, do that pretty easy yeah, there's probably some rule against that. You probably have to, I don't know, whatever. Bu- whatever, bureaucracy. I still pay the taxes in Columbia City. Yeah, I'm still involved in Columbia City. Yeah. Why can't I run for mayor? Because I live in the country?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. It's a rule. It's a rule in Allen County, too. It's messed up. i got friends who couldn't even vote because they don't live in the city limits. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I can vote for mayor. Really? Yeah, because I, I didn't live in the city limits. That's messed up. So why don't you run and change that? Maybe I will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Hey, um, so that's pretty much everything that I, I had for our session today. I'm hoping we can do another session, but I do want to close out with a few more, uh, a few more questions of you. If you get the time, um, man, you're a passionate dude. Like you invest in the future, uh, not just for yourself, but for those around you, you know, your kids in high school, uh, your former team at Aptera, like first one, first off, What's your main piece of advice for somebody, man? Like whether you like it or not, people, younger generation, people will look at you and say, man, he's done it. He's done something right. Um, almost look at you as a positive example.
1: Yeah. I I think if you're not growing, you know, you're, you're dying. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of a cliche, but somebody once told me this phrase and I've said it a thousand times, so it's officially mine, (laughs) but you can have it. And that is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, if I would have known what I know now when I was 24 and I lost my job, I would definitely would have done things differently. Definitely. There's just so much opportunity, you know, just go for it. Just go for it. I love it, man. That's your phrase, right?
0: Yeah. I try to embody it as much as I can. It's yeah. scary to do, but
1: I, uh, I, 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 I'll, sorry. No, you're good. Please. So I, uh, PJ Fleck, uh, one of my favorite dudes in the world. He's a coach of the Minnesota Gophers. I was okay. pumped when he got the job.
0: Didn't you just uh, see him yesterday? Is that I right? I did.
1: I did. Yeah. And speaking of the whole get comfortable being uncomfortable thing, he had given this advice or answered a question last night when mm-hmm. we watched him. And it was, you're never. Why'd uh, he how, how say it? I'm trying to think how he said it. It was, uh, if you don't put yourself out there, mm-hmm. if you're not. Um, if you're not a little bit vulnerable, you're never going to really be able to understand your purpose. Mm. And um, I think that kind of falls in line with the get comfortable being uncomfortable because I have, I've sort of lived by that, put myself out there and I'm finding my purpose. So
0: then my, that's my second question in the midst of all this change going on in your life right now. Um, would you say a lot of people were, Whether they're getting ready to graduate college, you know, they're getting ready to change jobs, find a new career, and this is something I think about often. Uh, Do you ever really find
1: your purpose, or does your purpose change over time? I think it really depends depends on how you define purpose. I mean, for me, um, my pastor said once he tells the story of this stewardess who Mm -hmm. worked for an airline and somebody came on and was like, "Oh, well, how long have you worked for the airline?" She was like, "Oh, I don't I don't actually work for the airline. I just wear this uniform. Um I work for Jesus." Mm. And I I just love that. So like I might be like, you know, working for a company in Minnesota that I love or working mm. for, you know, a company in Fort Wayne or you know, I think I don't think my purpose is ever going to change like I am uh, doing my best to not not be a a role model for my kids because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that but it's more of like I'm trying to be a disciple mm. and I want what does that mean for somebody who might not know I'm doing my best to follow God mm-hmm. um, I'll say another quote I'm going in that direction it's not always my intention but I'm definitely going in that direction. And and I think true discipleship follows that. Mm -hmm. Like, follow Jesus. Mm. That's what I'm trying to do. And if I'm a role model for my son to teach him how to follow Jesus and my daughter, that's my purpose. Mm. And, you know, I will be able to look back on my life and if, if I am able to, you know, lead a life that, you know, the way that authentically the way I want to lead it and my kids do this exact same thing. I think I serve my purpose. Love it, man. Well, hey, that's all, all I got. That's all I got for you. That's all today. I got too. That's I'm rad.
0: Done. Hey, uh, so where if people want to connect with you, how can they
1: connect with you? Uh well, I'm I love you know, LinkedIn is such a great way to to network and communicate. You know, I usually we'll respond to messages. Sometimes yeah. I don't respond for like a week, but I usually will respond. Definitely.
0: Just look you up on LinkedIn.
1: Just look me up on LinkedIn. Yeah. I love it. I That's love it. it. Man. I'm also really into TikTok now too, you know? Oh so, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's huge right now. It's growing. Love it. love it. I just can't
0: get on it, man. It's weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, I understand it from a marketing perspective. I just can't. We'll
1: talk offline. Yeah,
0: we'll talk. It's love funny. it. Well, hey, thank you for your time, man. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, Derek's got a great story. I'd love to have you back on again. Yeah. Um, another sure. time. Good luck so. with this.
1: This is this is cool. You got a nice setup. I hope I hope a lot of people Thank you. want to come out and do this cuz I I, you know, it's it's a cool thing.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's so not
1: weird at all, you know. What do you mean it's not well, weird? Well, I mean like I've done, you know, you show up to a podcast, you you you're coming to some guy's house. It's yeah. like This is cool. The setting is cool. It's cool. It's very inviting. It's warm. It's not like uh, uh shout out to my wife. Yeah, good job, wife. She's phenomenal.
0: The rug, everything.
1: Really ties the room together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i think the hope is that we'll
1: move out of here at some point but sure well anyways yeah. it's really inviting and, you. and uh you know i hope a lot of people i hope this grows good luck Thank to you, you man i appreciate that yeah so
0: we're we're signing off now uh thanks again for your time and uh catch you guys on the next one right on